This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Name that tune. Can, do you know that song? What's the, what's that? That's the beginning of a song. Uh, do you know it? It's an '80s song. Yeah, it is. I'll do it for. Okay, I'm doing know. marching rhythm. I see that arms. Yeah. Yeah. No, what is it? Thorn in my side by the ear next. Now I feel stupid. Oh no, it's great. <laughs> If everyone could see they're marching, they would understand how great yeah! it is. <laughs> someone at home is yelling, it's the There was someone that got it on the first note. Totally. Uh, like, the reason I was doing that, everybody, is because Georgia's gotten these beautiful mic covers, so now we can pop our peas. We can pop any peas we please. Pop our peas and sing our song. Welcome to My Favorite Murder. <laughs> the most professional murder podcast. Slash sports announcing <laughs> podcast. Slash, slash distant video game music. And singing. It's going to be... This is going to... It's going to take the internet by storm. This new combination mm-hmm. of entertainment. Do you think they can hear the like... The shooting helicopter video game noise coming from the apartment downstairs? I don't know. There is a video game being played with that kind of really high pressure music and uh, definitely some version of murder happening in that video game. It's a wall shaking like war uh, video game. One one would think I would be rich enough to buy a house. You will be. And yet very soon there goes a motorcycle. There goes a fucking motorcycle. (laughs) Is the motorcycle in the video game or is that separate? That was separate. Okay. I mean I've learned to ignore it and then I realized that we're recording something and it's like Oh, that's embarrassing. I think people like ambient sound. It makes it real. They know we're real. We're street. We're real as fuck. We're as fucking real as they get in this apartment complex. The realest. We're super real. Uh, Let's talk about the woman who was found in a a recycling bin. I mean, I guess recycling bin is better than a trash can. Also, idiotic. You should have put her in a trash bin. I don't know if I can... I don't know. Uh, if it is it better? Yeah, I mean it's like because it's more organic. <laughs> it's I just feel bad. This woman it, from Seattle, she has three kids. Ugh. She's just given dating another shot. Ugh. She's just trying to find someone who will love her and like her kids. Are you trying to make me cry? Because I will. I start. am. That's my, that was my mom. And she goes out with this guy to a fucking whatever the sports team is in Seattle game mm. and Seahawks. Okay. And then goes missing Mariners. Oh. There we go. And then gets fucking found. Oh man. What happened? That's the worst. It's awful. It's heartbreaking. I don't like the, do you know if it was match.com? I don't. Tinder. 
I don't know what I don't know what dating site it was, but I know they had gone out a couple times. So he wasn't like it wasn't like a warning like don't go out with strangers. It was like don't she go knew out this with person, it. so it was Christian Mingle <laughs> or J Date. <laughs> And like they showed a photo of the guy and I would never have guessed he was a psychopath. What is it about the Pacific Northwest? I mean, seriously, this is like, I always think of Twin Peaks where it's like haunted forest, bad spirits emanating from an ancient Mm -hmm. site Mm -hmm. and then going into downtown Seattle and just fucking up lives. There's so much land in which to bury and hide people. There's 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 depression because the weather is so fucking yeah. dark mm-hmm. right like yes dark everyone thoughts. everyone there has seasonal defect uh, affective disorder all year round <laughs> sort of thing? across the it's board called depression it's called depression everyone's got it and it makes them serial kill mm-hmm. no it's heavy it's a uh, I, I have to say the couple times I've been to Seattle, I've had a lovely time and it's been in the summer. It's so beautiful. I can't stand it. But it's always, the, it's like LA people go there in the summer and then they're like, what are they saying about Seattle? So Everyone's charming. wrong. And then you leave. I have, a, I have a message for everyone in other parts of the country. Okay. Move to Los Angeles. It's sunny. Literally, it's, it's what you make fun of it's constantly sunny there's yeah. no seasons which no. i know you're like i love seasons but you love it until mid-february yeah and uh it's kind of dirty yeah but in a way that makes you feel like you, you're gonna be okay and would you rather get dismembered or just like get a random bullet on the freeway in your head i mean pick one <laughs> karen pick one right now yeah yeah random bullet random bullet yeah although once you're dead the dismemberment doesn't affect you that it affects your family. No, that's very true. Also, st- stuffing someone into a garbage can of any kind is such an uh, aggressive act of, there's so much hatred in that act. And it's there's, also, it's vile. It's amateur hour too. Cause like, yeah, what do you, of course they're going to find, they're going to find that, which maybe he wanted that to happen. Yeah. Did he, so he got caught. I think they immediately like just went on her computer. I think, so what I think happened is it wasn't, it wasn't premeditated. Oh, you know what I mean? Because he snapped because if he if someone has that much information about you on their computer and like match that you were going out with that person that night and you went missing from there. Yeah. Something went wrong. Clearly, it's going to come straight back to you. Clearly, you have an anger issue and you snapped. Oh, here's the thing. Fuck everyone. Right. That's we should have said that right at the beginning. This podcast should be called. Here's the thing. Fuck everyone. (laughs) Here's the thing. Everyone, fuck everyone. <laughs> Except for you guys. Except Thanks for listening. Except for our 2,800 plus members on our fucking Jesus. Facebook group. It's growing like a wildfire. And no one is a pervert. It's the best. Well, just no the one. one. That no one, one acts like a pervert. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's they keep their pri- pervert, perversy private. They keep their <laughs> private parts pervert. <laughs> like us. <laughs> everyone, uh, the Facebook group is like my, my, my bloodline i love it so much people keep like taking quotes from us and putting them in beautiful settings georgia keeps texting me the quotes that that play into my ego where somebody (laughs) puts somebody put a quote of mine from this podcast over a sundial which made it look so regal yeah and like it was like wisdom from the ages yeah and like the the um the font is beautiful yeah it's terrible it's like papyrus so it looks real <laughs> people are just really hitting it out of the park in terms Ugh. of their participation it makes us so excited yeah please go join the facebook group yeah it's good times i mean 
it doesn't do any it does nothing for us but make us happy like we're not gaining anything out of it no i don't think so not yet anyway i mean we we'll will. figure out a way to monetize we're gonna it. hunt all of you down and make us buy a thank you buy a t-shirt but <laughs> right now we're just having fun we actually are talking about getting t-shirts made so this is this is going to be a real a dividing line that um the hardcore people you will buy and wear a t-shirt that says my favorite murder on the front of it and then that's going to weed out the week of the people who say i don't know if i can commit to public mur love of murder and then the fucking hardcore people are going to come to the live shows we eventually have <gasps> yes because we're definitely talking about doing live shows here in los angeles yeah so we would love to see you if that's something you'd be interested in participating in we'd love know. for you to come let us know on the facebook group if you'd come yeah we'll make it worth your while I'm really excited about this um, this topic, this episode. Yeah, because I I see you have usually you have this these like this crazy serial killer notebook full of <laughs> writing of my seven writing. Yeah, I think we both and I usually have a few pages printed up, but we both have a, like a li only a little dialogue because or a little writing because the dialogue around it is going to be intense. Yes, because this week uh, we decided to go. Uh, the topic is the one that started it all. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, somebody actually guessed this on the Twitter page. I'm sorry, yes. I can't remember. Um, they don't want their names known anyway. <laughs> that's true. But he said it was a guy, and uh, he said, why don't you guys, you guys should do that? And I think maybe hearing us, because we mentioned something about that last week. I don't even know if we did, because you texted it to me randomly. Uh, he, and that day he was like, well, you guys should do the one that made you interested in murder. It I was felt creepy. like we talked about it on the last episode, but maybe I could definitely be wrong. But My memory it, is shit. I so know, mine is too. I have no idea. But it, it doesn't matter because that was super uh, ESP on his part because that we that's what I had texted to Georgia and that is what we were talking about this week. The serial killer oh. or the murder that kicked off our fascination with murder. Georgia, is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account and it tells you that your password is incorrect? And then you try again and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try. 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises. If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing. With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames to payments payment details, and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that save time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. <laughs> the Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at one, as in the number one, password.com slash mfm onepassword.com slash mfm goodbye yeah you want me to go first do you want to go first do you want to go first whatever you want <laughs> i think you went first last time okay but i might cry really yeah this one fucked me up okay for life okay you want me to go first yeah okay this is georgia but can anyone tell her voices <laughs> apart i don't know <laughs> and this is a lisp the intense lisp <laughs> Uh, and the one I who love says that we're like eight minutes in, you're like, this is Georgia, by the way. <laughs> if you don't know, oh, someone was like, 
someone drew caricatures of us on the Facebook group, and they're like, I don't know what Karen and Georgia look like, but in my mind, this is what we they look like, and we we just look like it was hilariously ridiculous. And someone was like, just look at their in like look at them on like Google them. They're both like public figures, which I was like so charmed that someone just found it and doesn't even care what we look like. Did I have curly hair just by chance? That's no, we always both, been my we dream. Both, we both looked a little bit like Kathy from the Kathy cartoons. <laughs> God bless. I was like, Amen. I like I feel in my mind I look like a little more like Pat Banatar, but really the reality is I look like fucking Kathy. Reality is always Kathy. Reality is Ack. Ack. Um, all right. <laughs> so so the one that started it all for me is actually an attempted murder. Okay. But I feel like it's the same thing because it was attempted. It was like supposed to be murder. And it happened in nineteen eighty three and I was Hold on. Okay. Say the name right now. You say it. This is one, two, three. David Rothenberg. Oh. (laughs) Thank God. Who's that? Is that yours? Yeah, that's mine. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. And mine happened in 1983. Shut your face. I swear to God. Is it an attempt or real? Uh, Well, there was one... Oh, no, no, it's, but, but. it's a mix. That's oh. why I was like just staring at you, like holy shit. One of these days, one of these days we're gonna, days we're gonna get the same one. one. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, well, I think we should like set a, like a rule that if we get ever get the same one, like something crazy has to happen. Is we should have a third murder in an envelope that we just ran have someone else randomly print up, and then we just have to read. Wouldn't that be funny if we had like yeah. rando murder that we don't even know? <laughs> oh my god, that's fair. That was that's very weird. That was crazy. Okay. So in 1983 in Orange County, which is where I'm from. So I was only like, I was almost four at the time. So my parents needed to stop watching the news because I <laughs> fucking saw this entire thing and remember it from when I was three. Fuck. Um, in 1983, a six-year-old, you know, so it's around my age, named David Rothenberg was brought to a motel near Knott's Berry Farm, which oh. is in Buena Park, California, by his father, Charles Rothenberg, who was uh, taking him, his parents had divorced, he, he was taking him on an authorized visit, um, and that night, David, or Charles, the father, got in a fight with uh, the mom on the phone and said to her, if I can't have him, nobody else can. Aye. And then, and this is stuck with me since I was four he gave the dad gave David a sleeping pill are you ready for this mm-hmm. poured kerosene on his bed oh I remember this story yeah kissed him goodbye and struck a match as he stood in the door he watched from a telephone booth across the street as the fucking flame. he said he was he was going to kill himself too but he was too much of a coward you fucking light your fucking child on fire, but you're too much of a coward to kill yourself. No, you're not a coward. You're a sociopath. You're, you're a, a psychopath. Piece of shit. Um, so thankfully, a bunch of people in the motel dragged him from the inferno. He, su- I mean, the pain that this kid went through. He suffered third degree burns oh. over ninety percent of his body. Oy. He's not supposed to live. Mm-mm. If you see photos of him today, I don't want. I really don't want to say his new name because he changed his name because he didn't want his dad's last name. So it feels a little like um, salacious. Yes, but you can find him, and I, I, I remember seeing him in updates in the newspaper throughout the years, especially because. So the dad was convicted of attempted murder, arson, and other charges. Uh, Karen, guess how many years he got. 
Oh, God. Is it going to be something like six? More than that, but it's 12, 13. Ugh. So I remember in 1990, I remember, I I distinctly remember the newspaper article was that was a photo of the kid with like his, you know, a little older now looking behind his back. And it's like, if this guy gets set free, he'll always look behind his back and see if he's there. And actually the dad said in 1990, when he was supposed to be let out of jail, do I deserve to be set free? And he said, no, it's an unforgivable act. Like he even knew that he should not have fucking been sent free. (sighs) And I remember like, so my parents divorced when I was five. And so my dad got custody of us like every other weekend. And I feel like it fucked up my relationship with my dad. Yeah. Because this, you know, this guy could have been a drug addicted fucking crazy person already, but I wish my dad isn't and wasn't, but in my mind, it was like just someone's dad, someone's yeah. daddy. Yes. And he, and he was still able to do this to him. So it really fucked me up for the rest of my life. Wow. Um, and actually, weirdly, uh, David, the kid, the person who became a father figure to him, which is hilarious, is Michael Jackson. Heard of the horrific circumstances surrounding David's accident and reached out to him and they become life they became lifelong friends which is like another so sad it's very well it's sad but it doesn't necessarily but i mean nothing happened i don't think anything happened i don't think so either i don't think i think michael jackson was inappropriately comfortable but I don't think he was... I think he had an incorrect sense of what you were supposed to do. Like, I think he had an incorrect sense of himself. Yes. And and of, and of I think he wanted to be around children because he still wanted to be a child. Yeah, and I think he was protecting this kid who suddenly, just like that, got a, a lesson of what it's like in the real world. Yeah. Which is horrific and terrible. And the person that you trust you know, sets you on fucking fire. I mean, it's, I, I feel like I know that story because it's probably because of the Michael Jackson part yeah. or probably because it was like a, one of those stories, but like, didn't, didn't he go on to like speak at schools? Yeah. He's like a, well, he, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty, um, he's a pretty big advocate. He does a lot of advocacy. Yeah. You know, he's turned it in a, into good yeah. he speaks out against child abuse and all these things and he's finally you know when your body is burned over 90 percent, you're you have chronic pain constantly yeah. and he found someone who was able to relieve that and he's like an advocate for that and uh, it's just and so but his dad served less than seven years of that sentence oh my god yep he settled in oakland in 1990 but then he was arrested that January and charged with the attempted murder of an of a man and being a felon in possession of a gun. So I don't know where he is now, but I bet it's not in jail. Well, oh, God. Yeah, it fucked me up. The divorce thing and this and the like my dad had us every other every summer for a couple of weeks and would take his places. And it was very stressful for him. And I, I feel like it clouded my childhood a little bit. Like this was a thing that divorced parents. This is how they reacted sometimes. Yeah, that that was a, even just a possibility. Yeah, especially because it was, you know, twenty minutes from my home. Yeah, 
Well, it's uncomfortable enough and hard enough for little kids. They don't understand why it's happening. No. Every It's like the whole world changes. So why wouldn't that change too? Yeah. Like, how can you feel safe? Yeah. My mom is angry at my dad and this is stressful for my dad. And so people react crazy and it's unexpected or unexpected. And, you know, oh, adults, so adults make it complicated and kids have it, you know, have an easy solution to everything. Yeah. Well, and also just that idea that it, that a father, the idea that, I mean, we, we always talk about that, but it's just like the second a, a father makes a decision to light his child on fire. I think that that man should die. Well, the thing is like, <laughs> why, what I don't understand. And I, I mean, I get it, but why did he get tried for attempted murder? His plan was to murder. He, it just didn't happen. Why did he only get attempted murder? Because because the kid didn't die. That's ridiculous. I know. If but your plan like, was was actively to murder someone, and it just didn't go that way for whatever fucking circumstances, you should still get murder. Yeah, yeah. It's the difference between life in prison and fucking seven years. Well, and also it, there should be special circumstances, which is something that they do a lot more nowadays. I think nowadays, yeah. Um, which is that thing of like, yeah, you. It, like there's nothing about this that isn't the most evil thing yeah. on the planet you should not get out of jail i feel like a lot of people would be horrified to hear that this person who did that did this got seven years yeah it's yeah it's, a, it's not right that's crazy i know and then there's the um oh what was i gonna say i don't remember anyways it's just awful oh i'm sorry no, what a terrible start in the world of murder so, for you. That was a start, and then and then unsolved mysteries was a thing that somehow my parents let me watch. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Were you a latchkey child as well? Oh, I was a latchkey kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. You just do whatever you want when you're a latchkey kid. Nothing, and we. I mean, I talk about this all the time, but like kids today and even young people today don't understand oh, yeah. how, how it was the wild west for kids in the <laughs> 70s and 80s it was just like nothing was nothing was thought of through a child's eyes nobody was like hey maybe we should throw up a warning before this show to be like don't watch this if you're I home learned, by yourself i learned how glamorous being bulimic was from lifetime movies yes you know that's right. That and, Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. um bulimia movie taught everyone how to do bulimia. I learned that relationships had to be insane and rocky from 90210. <laughs> like they had to be dramatic and fucked up and crazy. Yep. And then when I was like 22, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute. They can just be happy and it's fine." <laughs> Like I don't it's, have to have like it might even be better. Like a tar riff in the background only get like when I'm mad at him. Or like how Tori Spelling's boyfriend, didn't he beat her up? Yeah, he pushed her down a fucking flight of stairs. Yeah. Oh, Doesn't man. have to be that way. It turns out you can just watch TV and get high and like <laughs> and really and, like, enjoy really yourself. like each other a yeah. lot. And laugh. And it's cool. And really laugh your asses off. Yeah. <sighs> and make each other cheese toast. Um That's the best part of a relationship <laughs> to me is when someone makes you cheese toast. Oh. I like it when people pick you up from places. Ooh. Like when you get to go do your thing, but then somebody comes and picks you up. Do you know what happened the other night? Uh, I was supposed to go to like a girl's night party at this bar. And it was like, guys can come later. But like Vince and I had spent the whole day together. And like on the weekends, I have a hard time. Like that's what we do. Yeah. I'm um, a little 
codependent. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he drops me off at this bar. It's like dive bar where we're supposed to meet at five. And I'm two minutes early because I'm Georgia and I'm fucking early with everything. And I walk in and the light, uh, the music is incredibly loud and no one is there yet. And I call him. He had driven away and I was like, come get me. Fuck this. <laughs> and he drove back around and got me and I took a nap. And then we went back to the party together when guys were allowed. Nice. Because I just couldn't. No. No, you don't, and you don't have to. You yeah. get to do exactly what you want. Any weird preconceived idea of what, what how things are supposed to be, quote unquote, right. isn't the truth. And you get to do what makes you comfortable and what makes you happy and exactly the do things the way you want to do them. If any teenagers are listening right now, which, what are you doing? Please listening? don't do that. You, I promise you, like, your life gets awesome. Yes. Because you get to choose whatever you want to do. Yeah. Although I think kids these days get to Already so much it, more. Yeah. That's like a revelation for us. Probably most kids these days listening to this would be like, uh, how else would it be? Yeah. Because you have a connection to every human being in the world. Yeah. God, the pre-internet that. days were dark, my friends. No, they were real. They were super real, just like, like us. Like we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be as awesome. You wouldn't be wearing all black right now. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the bigger wave machines? <laughs> this is my weekend goth look. <laughs> Casual um, goth. Well, unfortunately, we didn't have the same one. Mm. I feel like that would be. I kind of feel like it would be majestic. I feel like if we if we ever have the same one, we have to like treat ourselves to like an incredible dinner. Like it's a <laughs> celebration. That's right. Of our minds melding. Yeah, we'll go to if we ever have the same one, we'll go to Musso and Frank's and get fucking steaks. <gasps> oh, good idea. Let's just do it anyway. Sand dabs. I don't old, even know what just sand a bunch dabs. Of, it's are. like old fashioned food. Let's do it anyway. We'll get Roquefort dressing. Yes. Sides and sides of Roquefort oh my dressing. God. You know what I want? Scalloped potatoes. Yes. You know what I want? I want a dry martini girl. i want five dry martinis girl can the olives or onions olives fuck yeah um can i just have that one night where i get to start drinking again listen let's let's have a how about episode 15 mm-hmm. this is episode 11 right <laughs> 12 12 episode 15 we'll celebrate by going to Musso and Frank's. The cl- I love it. The classic old school steakhouse here in Hollywood. I love it. I'm going to wear a snood. I don't know what that is. Yes, you do. It's the back hairnet. Oh. That holds all your hair in one little pile from the 30s, 40s. Okay. Uh, I want to say I'm going to wear one of my vintage dresses, but they are so tight <laughs> that I can't eat anything in them. And I, I have multiple times ripped open the seams in the back of my dress. <laughs> because of that. Why don't you wear your vintage sweatshirt? I'm going to wear a vintage sweatshirt. I'm going to wear my vintage Gap jeans. <laughs> I'm going to wear my vintage always. pregnancy pants. <laughs> Karen. Um, Georgia. Karen. Here's my favorite murder from the, from the jump. Okay. I thought it was John Wayne Gacy because I always talk about seeing that picture. At, I, at a very young age, I saw a graph of how he buried the boys' bodies in his house. Right. And it blew my mind apart. But I realized <clears throat> before I saw that picture, because then I was like, wait, maybe it was Ted Bundy. Um, but I realized the reason I read The Stranger Beside Me, which was the Anne Rule book about her and Ted Bundy, I had read Small Sacrifices, which is an Anne Rule book about this woman, Diane Downs. And I will now tell you the story of Diane Downs. Tell me everything. And this was a this is a paperback book that I found on my mom's nightstand because my mom used to just plow through any book. She would read a, almost a book a day, any almost anything. That's awesome. And she liked kind of pulpy stuff. Yeah. 
And this one, she I just started reading, and she didn't ca- she didn't notice that I was reading Dude. a book that I was probably twelve or so. Yeah, but again, in the eighties and nineties, like they weren't as wor- they they didn't understand what makes a crazy anxiety ridden person. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. That this would in any way have like long term effects yeah, on my brain. Their parents were in World War Two. Like they didn't understand. Yeah, this wasn't. It was a book. It couldn't hurt you. It wasn't a bomb. Um, it wasn't an unexploded shell. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I must have been 14 because this happened in 1983, and she went to she went to um, court in 1984. So it all the, then the book was written. So, but here's how it starts. I read from my paper, my <laughs> expertly typed paper. Clear your throat. So on May 19th, 1983, in Springfield, Oregon, 27-year-old divorcee and male woman Diane Downs again Pacific Northwest Pacific Northwest. Uh, she went sightseeing with her three young sleeping children at 10 o'clock at, at night on a oh, school night. I know. You know this one? Uh, she was listening to Hungry Like the Wolf. Uh, when she turned on a road she'd never been on before, she said that she saw, oh, because they were exploring, that they liked exploring. And there she saw a shaggy-haired man who flagged down her car. So she said she pulled over and turned off the ignition and asked him what he wanted. He said he was going to take the car and he um, pulled her, he opened the door, pulled her out of the car, reached in and shot all three of her children at close range. She says that she then faked throwing the car keys into the field across the, the road. And when he turned to look where the keys went, she jumped back into the car. Uh, he shot her in the left arm. Um, and then she sped away to the nearest hospital. And at the hospital, her seven-year-old daughter, Cheryl, was pronounced dead. Her three-year-old son, Danny, was um, found to be paralyzed from the waist down. And her eight-year-old daughter, Christy, had lost so much blood that she had had a stroke. Oh, my fuck. God, real quick. I just want to get that out of the way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, on. almost immediately, the cops smell a rat. Sure. Because of the story I just told you, that's her official statement. Jesus. They were sightseeing at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, she said as, she, as you do. As you do with your three children, one of whom is a toddler, who doesn't even know what sightseeing is. Right. Um, so, they're like, huh, interesting. And they then uh, notice that she in telling this story is completely emotionless the cop um who i watched on an old 2020 said not one tear did i see as she was telling the story so she's explaining how her children are shot point blank range by Yeah, but she could be in shock because they say now like don't judge someone's reaction because you just never know how they're gonna Absolutely. However, the night of, true. But that it is going to uh, raise the alarm bells in a cop where if you're either not crying or fake crying. Right. Uh, Then when they brought her in to see Christy, when she had woken up from uh, her, like she was, you know, conscious again when they got her going, uh, her, they, there were, um, there was a, te- a detective and then two doctors in the room with her when they brought Diane in. Her, they said her eyes glazed over with fear and her heart rate that was on the heart monitor no. went from 104 to 164. Holy shit. So everybody was like, uh-oh. Because like this is, is she's this is a little girl surrounded by strangers and her mother, the one person who's supposed to give her comfort terror. in the world comes in, she's terrified. So that's... Alarm bell number three. Dude. Um, then uh, 
then they find out that almost immediately after arriving at the hospital and her children being wheeled in to um, the ER, Diane made a call to a guy named Robert Knickerbocker, who was a married man and a former colleague of hers um, that she'd had an affair with in Arizona, made a phone call there. Um, And they also noticed that even though none of the children had been given any first aid of any kind, Diane had a dish towel wrapped neatly around her gunshot wound. Good to know. So these are things everybody's dinging off one by one and going, ah, this is, all of this seems weird. Is that shitty for me to say that in, I'm surprised that in 1983 these things dinged? Because I feel like a lot of shit got past people. Oh, I think, yes. I think because it was still the early days of this kind of crime being right, like... Forensics and stuff. Because there, there was no, you know, forensic files. And you didn't see this all the time and hear that same story of like, but then the cops... So it was like smart cops and smart doctors yes, paying, paying attention. attention. Yeah. And I think it's when three little kids get killed or, uh, you know, one gets murdered and two are horribly uh, injured everybody's on high alert sure. and paying as close attention. Sure. You, it's There's less of a lackadaisical feel okay. as opposed to our usual, oh, they ran away. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, but yes, definitely these cops on this case were on it. For, and this um, one cop that talked the most in this 2020 special, which you can see if you go on YouTube or whatever, it was his first um, homicide case wow. ever. So I think that's probably another thing. He was thing. like poised. Yeah. He wasn't jaded. He wasn't like, oh, this old thing. You know, he was yeah. like there he trying wasn't to figure it out. thinking about all the paperwork that needed to be done. He was like, yeah, let's pay attention. He's like, what the hell happened? And they say that the sh- um, the phrasing here is shaggy haired man, but that's not the, that's not exactly the wording she used. That's actually a police term for that fake person that people who, who kill people and then blame it on a random person really? who came in they call that the shaggy haired man wow so she but she actually said and she described it and you can see like the police sketch it's it is a shaggy haired man it's like some man who flagged some, like, her down some like um drifter kind of a drifter character. type yeah that no mother in the world would ever pull her car over for Fuck no on an empty country road much less turn the car off that's the craziest part to me. Why did she add that in? Because it wasn't necessary. No, because she's a bad liar and she's one of these psychopaths who thinks that she's the master martyr. Yes. And those people are the funniest to me because they're the most obvious liars. Yes. Well, because they don't know how dumb they really are. I really love watching um, uh, interrogations when you know someone is guilty. Like when you're not, you're like not guessing, you actually know they're guilty. Yeah. And the lying they do. And how loud lying sounds. Yeah. It's just so blatantly obvious. Yeah. And and I love when the cops play along. Yes. And they like sympathize. So yeah. with her, this is what I love. They this these cops decided to let her talk. She started talking to the press almost immediately. Fuck. And because of course they were like, We've got to find the shaggy haired man. So she was giving these interviews and the more she did it, the more she loved it. And they called her she looked a little bit like Lady Diana. So they would call her Lady Di. And she kept on giving interviews. Well, four days after her daughter Cheryl is pronounced dead, she's doing a reenactment for the news. Oh my and God. you can watch this. All this oh all God. this stuff is on YouTube. 
She is laughing and joking along with this reporter, reenacting the murder of her children, but literally like, oh my God, I just hit my cast. Like, like she looks like Fuck. a flirty high school girl. Can you explain my face right now? Georgia's, all of her orifices are open as wide as possible. I'm like, gas. Jesus, Karen. <laughs> This is an X-rated <laughs> podcast. How dare you? But no, no, it's crazy. It's so unnerving. And then you, and also you see these, the interviews, they, she talks more and more as each one goes by. Sure. So the, the one that they end up having to hold because the reporter knew if they released it before her trial, that there's no way she would get a fair trial in Oregon. Oh. In this one, she's quoted as saying, and this, I, the, it kind of made me sick. Like, I tr had to turn it off and turn it back on a couple times. Because this woman yeah. is overtly crazy. She has the hallmark of crazy, in my opinion, which is anyone who's plucked their eyebrows down to just, like, two little lines. <laughs> he, always, to me, that's like, really? either you're on speed, you're on some kind of white drug, or you're just totally crazy. I love it. Because she's, it looks like two upside down U's over each of her eyes. And it's like, it's like one eyebrow connected to the next eyebrow connected like one hair yes exactly like she just left on the bare minimum Holy of eyebrow shit. that's always a very bad sign Dude. Um, so she's getting interviewed and the reporter asks her do you feel lucky that you only got shot in the arm in this terrible crime and she says my, children's are the, my children are the ones who are lucky I'm the one that has to live with this pain and scarring for the rest of my life. What a fucking cunt. And in the same interview, they catch her. You see her as she talks. She can't help. She smiles at the end of every <gasps> sentence. She giggles a little bit. What an idiot. And at the, at, during one point, it's almost like, it's almost like her brain doesn't know what the correct face is supposed right. to be for this situation. Because, because she's an, a not like, what was the yeah she's a narcissist yes oh that's the thing I, I was watching I read a thing recently about sociopaths and you can tell them because when you yawn you know normally when I yawn you'll yawn too yes when I yawn they don't yawn because they have no empathy because they they don't catch the yawn because they don't they picture, don't feel they don't feel. feel yeah they so don't have the any thing. of that she's like didn't she doesn't understand that facial expressions read yes and she doesn't know to mask she is enjoying being the center of attention yeah. and she doesn't know to mask that joy while she's talking about the blood coming out of her daughter's mouth. It's, it's like, one it's of the creepiest Munchaus things. I want to call it Munchausen by proxy, but it's not because she, I mean, like shooting someone is so aggressive and yeah no munchausen's is more you're getting the 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 sympathy from people this is a person who thought she was going to get away with a triple murder of so children what happened so <laughs> i'm scared so so as so basically she keeps doing these interviews and now everyone around is seeing that this woman is not the victim of a random crime on a country road, like she initially said, everyone in like nearby is like, oh my God, there's something wrong with her. And so then as, as all that's happening, and she's, she's doing it, like she was volunteering for these interviews. The police are still investigating. They find her secret diary. And that's where they find all the information about that guy, Robert Knickerbocker, and her obsession with him, and how she basically wanted to kill his wife while, when <gasps> she still lived in Arizona. And that this guy had no interest in children, didn't want to, thought it was inappropriate to be around 
her when she was with her children. And so clearly the motive was on the page. She killed her children so she could be with him. Right. Listen, don't have a secret diary unless you're going to kill someone. Like, it's the only people who have secret diaries are going to fucking kill someone. Yes. Like, you're, just, that's just evidence just waiting, waiting to be it. found. Just think about it. Like, so, think your thoughts. Don't write them down. So then, then a guy comes forward that says, because her story was she raced to the ER after this happened. Uh-huh. A guy comes forward and says, uh, I drove behind, she had a red Nissan. I drove behind a red Nissan that was going so slowly that my speedometer needle wasn't coming off the peg. He said she was probably going seven miles an hour. And he, event- he had to pass her, came up behind her, going so slow, had to pass her. And her story was she was racing there. She actually drove so slowly to ensure her children would bleed out because she could hear them moaning. I'm going to throw up. It's fucked. So... She was arrested February 28th, 1984, like nine months later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then during her trial, her daughter, Christy, the one who got scared when she came in the room, had recovered enough. And Christy testified against her own mother Get a and girl. T- told everybody there was no man in the street. My mom shot all of us through crying, you know, tears and oh, everything testified baby. against her own fucking mother. But here's the sweet part is there a sweet part please well there is a couple first of all she was convicted she got sentenced to life in prison plus 50 years so she's never getting out good but she did get pregnant um before the trial so she was pregnant during the trial by whom a guy that she seduced on her um mail route so she knew she was going to get arrested. So she she slept with this guy and got pregnant, and then so that she could garner sympathy and look like I would never do this. Look, I'm a, I'm such a loving mother. I think you also get put in a better prison if you're pregnant. Yeah, you get treated way better. Right. So, uh, so here's the this is the quote that she had about God, being pregnant. I'm scared. I got pregnant because I miss Christy and I miss Danny and I miss Cheryl so much. You can't replace children, but you can replace the effect that they give you. And they give me love. They give me satisfaction. They give me stability. They give me a reason to live and a reason to be happy. You fucking cunt. You fucking shot your children. Uh-huh. And now she's going to make more. So that child was immediately taken away from her and put up for adoption. And that girl never knew who her mother was until like recently. Wait, that's me. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if it's me? And then here's the beautiful part. The prosecuting attorney that sent her away adopted both Christy and Danny. His name is Danny, right? Yes. Adopted them both. Him and his wife. They're legally now their parents. I'm... I don't cry. I have no feelings in my heart. Are you And I'm about to fucking cry. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? I'm so happy. Yeah. Because they need so much. Yes. They need so much. And that prosecutor from... Uh, he he was the first one who was like, "You need to get a therapist with Christy and have the a therapist with her all the time because at some point she's gonna need to start talking about this and someone needs to be there and be ready for her." Yeah, dude. And so she just had like constant support, and she like they did it. They did right by these kids one time in one of these horrible stories. These kids, I mean, got done right by. Even if they hadn't been shot, they they got a better life than they would have had ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fuck, apparently dude. she was a horrible... They, 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 um, a psychiatrist um, said she was a narcissist, a sociopath, and a hysteric. 
Wow. So she must have been a nightmare mother. Like I, they, The kids said she hit them all the time. She's someone who in the 1800s would have been like a good mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in Brooklyn in the fucking 1800s. Would have been like, well, she keeps her kids in line, mm-hmm. you know, and like would have never, yeah, would have never gone to trial. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she would have had like a funny name, like a, a you know, yeah, bully Betty, yeah, and then exactly. Would have never. Oh, Mrs. Slappy. So that's the first one that like affected you. That was the first that I read that story. I can still remember the feeling of reading it and being and the whole description of her turning around in the car and shooting the children and just being like, it was basically I had an equal opposite thing of like, I realized this was a possibility. Right. But I didn't ever have to consider. Although my mom did own the book. So clearly she was interested yeah, in the she's situation. Like, she's like learning about it. <laughs> she might have been doing research. Yeah. Um, but it That's was just a- that thing of like that adults, just not to trust adults. These are very hard lessons that we both learned. And I wonder if they, um, they've taught us what we, what we started a podcast about. Which is anything can fucking happen, yeah. anytime, and you need to be on guard for it at all times. And don't tr- and don't don't take things for granted or like judge books by covers, and don't do the things that that average people get tricked by. Yeah, because this woman, it was like she looked like Lady Di, and she was like, "I would never hurt my children," and everyone's like, "Okay." And if she herself had stopped doing interviews at that point, right? It it may. I mean, who knows? They would have had to prove everything else by evidence. I think it's funny that like my my story is a dad story and yours is a mom story. Yeah. And what it is, is that anyone is capable of anything. Yeah. Anyone could be lying to you at all times. Also, it's we picked the worst dad and the worst mom with kind of of all time. Yeah. But these are the things we remember as children. This, this is what you and I remember as children. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, kindred fucking spirit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is so I, I wrote before we um before we came over I wrote like on the Facebook page like you know I always write like we're about to record here's the topic comment with your story yeah which I think is like so smart yes um it and is so, really smart of you Georgia I am the smartest. Um, but some people wrote things and I was like quickly looking over them and one of them is yours. Is Diane Downs? Diane Downs is fucking in there. Yay. Um, should I read a couple? Yes, please. People's? Yes. Um, And thank you for, um, the people who are now running the Facebook page. Aren't there, didn't you say there's two people who are, what do you call it? Um, yeah, we have uh, a couple uh, mod- moderators. Moderators, that's the word. I'm burping. Can you hear me burping, or is that like I didn't hear it? Because you know I saw you, think, you whip think your head back. You think what's in your head, and then you realize it's you're just it's going straight into a microphone, into a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes you just don't even know. And like that's life. Um, okay, I'm gonna read you a couple. Okay, yours made me want to die, but we're just I'm gonna keep going. So someone wrote, "Do you smell chicken soup right now?" Mm-mm. I'm like a fucking bloodhound. Do you think hound. it was your burp? No. <laughs> Could it have no. been? <laughs> it been? No, I'm like a bloodhound where I can fucking smell shit, really. Okay. Someone says, Zodiac. My mother had a book about him, and I snuck up. I snuck it at age 10 to read it. Oof. So that's, I think that's what happens. Yes, I do too. Oh, I just got a whiff of the chicken do you soup. Smell that? Yes, I do. How good is that? 
It smells really good. I remember my, my mom took away my brother's uh, copy of The Outsiders, which made me want to read it even more. Oh, I loved The Outsiders. Yeah. Um, Betty, Betty Broderick, hometown murder, all over the news when I was 10 or 11. My dad's boss's daughter was murdered when I was around 15. Oh, no. That started it all. Yeah. Uh, Diane Downs. Yes. She shot her three kids and still to this day will and try to say a man on the road shot them. Mm-hmm. And there were six replies saying, yes, this is the one. Like, yes. I read this book and I haven't seen the movie, but I think about it all the time. Oh, that's right. Farrah Fawcett stars in the Lifetime movie. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan O'Neill. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not actually a movie, but the... Uh, a murder, but the spontaneous human combustion episode of unsolved murders. Yes. Uh, unsolved murders. And then she said, actually, actual murder, probably Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. That's a classic. Yeah. But the, I remember that episode of unsolved. Is it unsolved mysteries? Yeah. Because it's the picture they show is just this lady's legs. Yes. That's the only thing left. Sticking out of the chair that she combusted. Yes. And it's now, amazing. If you actually look into um, spontaneous human combustion, it's actually really interesting that like there, there might just be uh, friction in of things in your pocket. Yeah. That lit on fire. And but you're so gassy and fatty that you're basically a human candle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I think you mean me specifically. <laughs> no, I, mean, I can shake the walls of my farts. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, someone wrote Hel- Red Helter Skelter in seventh grade in 1982. Mm-hmm. Girl. Uh, unsolved mystery in general was my gateway drug. And someone said, uh, let's see. Yes. That number. The blah, blah, blah. son of Sam got obsessed after the crazy John Leguizamo movie about it, which just shows how <laughs> young people are. Summer of I Sam. Like, yeah. that I was... In, I was on uh, spe- speed when that movie came out and I couldn't watch John Leguizamo. Me too. He was real annoying. Someone said watching Silent Witness with my mom. Which one was that? Was know. that the uh, Silent Witness? Someone said uh, the, you know, the Kara Homolko and Paul Bernardo that we've talked about mm-hmm. before. Let's see here. The West, the West Memphis Three. Yeah. When I was in fourth grade, my friend's dad, perhaps foolishly, let us rent a VHS of Paradise Lost, no. the night of the slumber party. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Fourth grade is just too young. Honey, no. Oh, my Lord. Mimi. Dad <laughs> is like, I'm going to step on the stop button. Um, let's see here. The Clutter Family the from yeah. the In Cold Blood. Yeah, that's heavy. Of course. Son of Sam. My mom was a pretty girl in the 70s in, in New York. Um, and she's, this person says, New York in the 70s was an awful sounding and, and scary place while also being fascinating. Yeah. Like, I would go back in time and go there. Yeah, but you'd need like an armored car. Yeah. Or to be like a punk rocker. Yeah. Uh, someone says, I just remember stumbling across Dateline one night when I was in high school. Fuck yeah, dude. Lizzie Borden, Manson, Zodiac, another Lizzie Borden, Jonestown, West Memphis Three, Helter Skelter, Helter Skelter? Helter Skelter? That's how you say it in Yiddish. Uh, <laughs> all classics. All, all good kickoffs. I, not a lot of Ted Bundys. I thought there'd be many more. Yeah. Well, I guess he's, he's a bit old, maybe couple, for this group. There are some more Anne rules. Like, she just, like, rules. She Anne ruled. Yeah. She was the greatest. And those books, she just wrote books that were so easy to read. They were easy. Like yeah. Stephen King books that yes. were like 
this is intense and complicated, but I don't feel stupid. And also she would, she's made single like one-off murders interesting, which I never yeah. was interested in, but like, you know, we're get, getting behind the mentality of a person who like killed their wife or whatever. I need to go back and reread a couple of those because like in my mind now, I'm too sophisticated and I don't care and I don't want to know about Ted Bundy anymore. And I, like, I know everything, but yeah. like... If she's such a great writer, then I should just be able to go through it. Yes. Well, and also her Ted Bundy, that's a stranger beside me, is great because it's her first person account of Dude. working with Ted Bundy. How stoked is she that <laughs> that happened to her, though? Like, she's a little stoked. For real. And she's also, she is in, if you look up Dying Downs, she's interviewed in that 2020. No way. She's still alive back then. She's since passed. She's the best interviewer because she's just like someone's sassy mom. Can we do a book club and like read one of them? Yeah. Together? Like one we haven't read before. Okay. I'm actually really interested in the Lacey Peterson case. Oh. You're not? No, that I was am. In your t- that was in your It area. was in Modesto, which is very, it's in the uh, East Valley, basically, Central Valley, East Bay. Like, there's no way he didn't do it, right? Oh, he 100% did it. I know. It's so, it's so gross. This is a new Simpsons. It's, it is. Oh, and how many people, I loved how many people wrote to us because they're going to do a true, a true version, not a, not a, um, not like OJ, but a, a real version of John Bonet. And we had maybe 10 different people going, you guys, have you seen this? Which this made me so happy. This is our Super Bowl, Karen. Yes, it really is. Like, I know we've said this before, but we need to watch this together. Like, we need to have special episodes Yes. That you can, we'll just, we'll all watch it together. We'll all watch it together. That's actually a great idea. Right. Because, you know, <clears throat> our friend Joe DeRosa and Pat Walsh, yes. ha- they have a horror movie podcast where they watch the movie and talk during it. Yeah. And it's so hilarious because you can watch the movie yourself, but then you can watch it with people. It's as if you have two friends that are dominating the conversation. We watch wrestling does that too, but they'll watch like um, they'll watch uh, WrestleMania four mm-hmm. and just fucking talk about it. And there's like silent moments in it, and it's fine because we're all watching it together. Yeah, I mean, but you and I won't shut up. Look at high. I first. won't be able to. Yeah, I'll be talking a lot. Should I edit that out? What that we're gonna get high? Well, we can do whatever we want. The only way I <laughs> yell at television is when I'm high, and it's. <laughs> I remember because I watched the Oscars with you. Remember that? (laughs) One of the greatest. Oh, it was funny. Screaming. Wait, we do have a. I have a corrections corner moment. Oh, right. Because someone, a couple people wrote this, and I was so embarrassed, but it also made me laugh. I like cry laugh. I can't wait. I do not think that Manitoba is a city in Canada. I know I said it the way I said it made it sound like that, although I can't claim to know, uh, inherently know the geography. Of Canada, I do. No one said that, did they? It was the way I said it because I said the bus went from Brandon to Manitoba. Oh, when someone's like, it's <laughs> which not is half like an hour. that's like saying it's from goes from Las Vegas to California. There's or essentially calm down. Well, but uh, just so people know, but I mean, at the same time, if it's written in Wikipedia, I'm reading it to you, and I'm not going to double check yeah. anything. Listen, this is not. We're clearly the most researched podcast. Manitoba's a province. And I know that. Okay, right now I am looking up the word whore in our uh, My Favorite Murder Gmail. Cool. Because I needed to find the email that said notes and resources about sex sex workers in episode 10. Oh. So someone named Sam uh, wanted us to know that um, (laughs) I know that neither of you are involved in sex work. Thanks, Sam. You don't know that. (laughs) 
So I figured I would just let you in on a few things. First off, a lot of sex workers and people in the, quote, adult industries take a lot of justified offense at the word prostitute, which is another way of saying whore, which obviously doesn't fly. Some prefer to be called escorts, but overall calling people involved with sex sex workers is really the right option, which I, I did feel there were some people pointing out that, like, we were, like, uh, kind of rude. I was kind of rude about sex work, and I, I want to clear it up. So this person said, the way the, quote, work is highlighted, that it's a job that should be considered as, a nor- as normal as being a paralegal or construction worker. Furthermore, most cops really don't give a fuck about sex workers in any capacity. This extends to people in porn as well. That is why safety and clarity and communication and a level of protection are inseparable in sex work and why hearing about a male porn actor raping and harassing female co-stars is just as, if not more, jarring than hearing about another piece of trash serial killer. That said, there are really good resources out there for people in sex work that offer help and advice for awful situations that may arise. I highly recommend swopusa.org and sexworkersproject.org for anyone in sex work. Um, I just wanted to clear that up that like I said, I said something about like how no one chooses to be a prostitute. Yeah. And I, I understand that it is so much bigger than that. And I felt, I feel bad for saying that. Well, and I I like the fact that we have listeners that then send us information, like constructive information, because that's very true. Yeah. And we are, and we've said it a million times, but to people having conversations about something that we're interested in, we definitely make mistakes constantly. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you hear any of that, especially if it's something that you take offense to or that you think needs, we need education on, we are happy and open to hear about it. Because, especially because nothing terrible has happened to us either, either of us. Like it's not right. like we're, we're saying this from experience. Exactly. Like we haven't had our fucking sister or a cousin or whoever get murdered. So yes. we're, we're a little more flippant about it than we would be if these things that happened to us. Right. Exactly. And we don't, we, we just have the interest of the, of, we have just the interest from distance and that's mm-hmm. the reason that we can take, take the take that we have, but we also in no way want to offend people no. or, or, and we certainly aren't judging anybody no. at all. And we absolutely would never judge a victim no. of any crime. And this guy made a good point, which is like, you guys have, we have a, a, we have a platform that we can announce these things. And so we're lucky and we should do it. And I totally agree. And I, yes. I, I don't want to seem flippant about sex work being like a lark, you know, no. or like, a, like not a big deal or not a choice, which it is a choice. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or no, not at all. And if you get yourself into a situation, right. it's great that, I mean, that that's a beautiful way to end that email, which is here's some constructive dis like a direction someone can go if they totally. want to go in that direction. Totally. So they do have options. I agree. Very cool. Yay. I feel like this was a more serious episode of My Favorite Murder. This got, like, personal. Well, because it was kind of about us. It was about us. A little bit. I mean, these these are the things that fucked us up. <laughs> Start, these are the reasons this podcast exists. I, I have to say, it, it definitely fucked me up, but it also... I got... I was also thrilled to understand I feel like I was I was raised very um, uh, uh, 
kept away from like the realities of life. Protected. Both of my parents were yeah. like blue collar workers. My dad's a fireman. My mom's a nurse. So they saw a lot of the bad stuff of life and they wanted to keep my sister and I sure. so far away from it. And I, it drove me crazy because I think I always had the sense of like, there's more going on than they're telling me. Yeah. So every time I would find an Anne Rule book or I would read an article or whatever, I felt like I was getting one more piece of like what's really going on. Yeah. And I think that that's, a, that's another way to look at it and maybe a good way to look at it too it's just like as we've said a million times it's almost like the more information you have and the more you know the better off you are yeah like the adult we are as ch- I think children especially understand that the adult world is is something we don't we don't totally get yeah and we're always like as children are trying to understand it and so we know someone's hiding something from us and we know like when something happens our parents react to it and we can sense it. Yeah. And we want to know, like, you and I are curious fucking people. Some people aren't. Yeah. I think the people who are into into murder and into true crime are curious fucking people who want to who wanna know the dark side, even if they know that it's going to ruin them a little bit. Yeah. Because, but it's almost like the option, it's like, yeah. better that than not knowing. And some totally. people are like, I just don't want to know, which completely makes sense. But I'm just, I've am never been that person. I've, I've always talked to my therapist, like how great it would be just to be like a fucking, I want to be, a, I want to just live my life in suburbia and be unaware of all the awful things that could happen. And I wish, I really truly wish I wanted to be that way. But you don't. But I'm so fucking happy I'm not. <laughs> Me too. Because then we get to do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're dark and it's okay. Hi. Hey, Karen. Hey. Well, this has been episode 12 of My Favorite Murder. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please do that, you guys. That helps us a lot. And we're doing so crazy great. Our numbers are huge and it's because of you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Totally. Go to feralaudio.com and um, buy your Amazon shit from from there and listen to other podcasts and and tell them how much you love us and of course don't forget to stay sexy stay sexy and don't get murdered (laughs) bye bye